Houston. Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited! He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette Sports. The cream of the crop! Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do so Got tickets. Enjoy your bobblehead tonight. Uh, good show for you today. Kyle Charters, uh, you know him from what? We do the uh, the the tailgate show together. Uh, you'll hear him fill in. Um, he's also a man about town, but also uh, he is on the radio call for baseball. Baseball kicking off this weekend in Sugarland, Texas. Four games. He's down there on location. We'll get to know uh, what to expect from this baseball squad uh, that is coming up here in about 15 minutes. We'll talk with Kyle Charters. But why don't we go ahead and get started like we always do with Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. Big Ten men's hoops from last night. Michigan State, an 80-72 to winner over Penn State. Maryland takes care of Iowa, 78-66. to Doubleheader on BTN tonight. Northwestern heads to Rutgers as a four-and-a-half-point road dog tonight. Followed by Purdue hosting Minnesota at 8.30. Boilers minus 15 and a half now. We started at 17. We're down two full points. Big news in the high school ranks. Harrison and McCutcheon have found a new conference. They're going to the Sagamore. TSC released a statement last night saying they'd accepted the invite. Now. It currently has North and South Mont Crawfordsville, Weibo, Frankfurt... They're all breaking off in 25-26 and forming a new conference, which still doesn't have a name as far as I know. So, the new Sagamore Conference will look like this. It'll be Harrison McCutcheon, Lebanon, Danville, Tri-West. They'll add somebody. Harrison becomes the biggest school in the conference at 2,169. Tri-West the smallest at 606. Danville isn't even quite to 1,000, and Lebanon's barely over 1,000. I mean, this is good for Harrison and McCutcheon. Lebanon and Danville try west. I'll say this. They do field some competitive teams in several sports. But size-wise, I mean, it's just... It's a big difference. We'll see who they add to. Uh, Blackhawks tonight back in action, hosting the Penguins. Pens played at home last night and lost. Hawks are riding a seven-game losing streak, and the rumor mill fired up today saying Connor Bedard would make a surprise early return tonight to the club as they checked in with doctors this morning about that possibility following his stint on the IL from that broken jaw. I have not heard anything straight up confirmed, but the rumor, again, it's Twitter, and people make stuff up, but you see some people seem to think 
would be in the know that he's back. We'll see. I'm not saying he is, not saying he isn't. Chicago Bears, not going to get any help on that property tax stuff in Arlington Heights as the saga continues on where they will build the new home for the Chicago Bears. They'll have to bargain with the school districts to get the property tax down. Good luck with that. Cook County Board of Review refused to lower the valuation placed on the now vacant 326-acre Arlington Park property that used to house the International Race Course. The three-member board unanimously endorsed the county assessor's valuation of $192 million for the undeveloped land that carries a yearly tax bill of about $15 million, which is higher than the Bears believe the land is worth. They submitted a couple. I think the highest one was like $71 million. So, yeah, we're, uh, we're a little over $100 million difference here. I have no idea who's right and who's wrong in this situation either. Neither one of them are probably right. But there you go. That might seal the fate of Arlington as a future location for the Bears. And just like that, there is your need to know news. Oh, my goodness. I left a huge omission here. My fault. As Purdue women's basketball last night rolled to a victory over Northwestern 74 to 48, allowing Northwestern just nine points in the first, eight points in the second. The 17 points combined in the first half that Northwestern scored didn't even outscore Purdue in the first quarter. And they were on it. Held Northwestern in shooting just 32%, just 20% from three. Abby Ellis makes history, her 14 points, becoming the 36th member of the Purdue 1,000-point club, as well as the first transfer to ever do it. Janae Terry, not to be outdone, put herself in the Big Ten record books, the second player ever to reach 900 rebounds, 600 assists, and 200 steals, joining Iowa's Samantha Logic from 2012 to 2015. Terry recorded the program, her program record fifth non-point double-double 12 rebounds and 11 assists. Needed that one. Really needed it. 18 turnovers, though, Purdue committed. Can't have that. Dominated the rebounding battle. 58% from the free throw line, though. Ugh. Some of these other metrics you're looking at, you're like, geez, how do you win by that much with those metrics? Northwestern was bad. Not to take anything away from Purdue. They went out there and got the W. I mean, they held them to those bad numbers. But, yeah, they got some work to do before the Big Ten tournament. That's uh, that's for sure. That there is your need-to-know news. All right, let's uh, get back at it. Our good friends over at uh, ESPN bet last night another 50-50 night, right? I mean, I, I honestly thought Penn State would be able to Hold on there and get that uh, four points, but uh, they let us down. And, uh, of course, Maryland, uh, no problem with covering against Iowa. We'll take that. But, yeah, I I mean, I told you. I wasn't a big fan of I, – I said it was a cop-out last night when I, when I said it, but I told you. I wasn't a huge fan of that, uh, of that spread, or I was a fan of either one of those games. But let's get back after it tonight. 
Couple games in action here. Of course, we like our Boilermakers tonight. Open at 17 and a half. It's now down to 15 and a half. Am I concerned? Absolutely not. I mean, it's a lot of points. But people also said that about Indiana. I, I think Minnesota is a bit better than Indiana. And if this game were being played in Williams Arena, yeah, I might be a little bit more concerned. That's popped back up to 16 and a half. It was just 15 and a half earlier. But I'm okay with it. You get 15 and a half, that's great. 16 and a half, sure. I'm still okay there. I like Purdue in this one. Couple of reasons. When Purdue loses, it's because of guards go off, the threes rain down. But the Gophers aren't particularly efficient from three point range. A third of their points come from behind the arc, but they don't shoot well. So three-point defensive present, I mean, the Purdue should be good on that. I don't think Minnesota is going to be able to generate the points to, to keep up. I mean, it's just as simple as that. Dawson Garcia is going to have to do a whole heck of a lot, and I just, yeah, it's it's not happening like that. It's just not. We're also looking at Minnesota defensively. They are a team that ranks 197th in, um, no, no, it was, I'm sorry, 194th in three-point percentage allowed in NCAA. So uh, I'm looking at targeting a guy like Fletcher Lawyer tonight on the threes. Over one and a half, got it like plus 120. Most of these odds tonight, like Lance Jones to make twos at minus 180, not feeling that. And they're goading you into taking the under, and, and I don't like it. But Fletcher Lawyer's a guy who you feel like's a little bit due. He has hit at least one three in all but one home game this year, and that was the second one out of the year. We went over two against Moorhead. Only had two points in that game. But in terms of, you know, the home, he's hit multiple threes in five out of nine home games this season. One for three against IU last Saturday. Plays three for five against Northwestern at home. He was two for three against Michigan at home. Before that, against Penn State, he was one of three. Illinois, he was one of one. And then the holiday games, he hit two in each one of those. So, plus money, maybe that's the attractive one here. Uh, Zach E.D. total points is always, look, 24 and a half, definitely up there. It's not my favorite one. Do I believe he's going to get over that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Also, 12 and a half rebounds, it's minus 150. It's right there. I, I like 20, anytime I get like the 23 points in 12 rebounds, that's usually my sweet spot on Zach. Like, I get the feeling that's that feels the most doable every time out for Zach Eady. Last three games, he's gone for 15, 13, and 13 on the rebounds. 26 points against Indiana, just 18 at Wisconsin. He had 30 at home. Here's his home. Here, this is what he's been doing at home. 26 points against IU, 30 against Northwestern at home. 
Uh, 16 against Michigan uh, at home. Had 30 against Penn State. 10 against the Illini at home. And then the Christmas games, you know, he doesn't play that much. They don't play that much through him there, 13 and 18. But yeah, you look at this and like 23, 24 is where you feel comfortable at. He had 26 at Rutgers, 26 against IU. And then there's the outliers at like 18 and 16 points. Other than that, he's going like for 30. You like him at home. He's been doing well at home. I'm not going to lie. Not a ton of value that I'm finding here in a lot of these plays. They're really dialed in on this stuff. Like, even with the points, it's always scary to me when we start talking about the uh, player points because you know, between Braden Smith and Lance Jones, you know, Braden used to be 11.5 points on his cutoff. Now, Lance is, now he's up to 13.5. Lance is up to 14.5. You know one of them is going to go. You don't know which one. So, you know, that's tough sledding. I mean, Braden Smith over under assist is seven and a half, and it's minus 135. You want to take the over. My goodness. Like, we've really got up there. Zach Eady, total points and rebounds, 37 and a half. Choo-wee! I'm getting them right on the screws here, and I don't like to take the unders on these boys anytime, especially at home. So that's what you got to watch out there. I'll I'll take Purdue. I'll lay the points. Northwestern and Rutgers. Uh, I like Rutgers. Four and a half at home. No Ty Berry. How does that really impact them? Rutgers is playing uh, with some renewed confidence after getting Jameer Williams back. If Rutgers can keep the total down for Northwestern, I, I think they cover that. But I, I just, I, I'm a little bit nervous about taking that game whatsoever just because I don't know what Northwestern is going to do without Barry and how that looks and then how defenses now attack that team. I think I'm willing to wait. But if I'm going to, I feel like I trust Rutgers at home a little bit more. Northwestern just has not been good on the road, anyways. So if I'm going with it, I'm going with Rutgers. And I'm going with Purdue tonight. There you go. Those are the uh, picks. Like two and a half points. If it's down to two and a half on Rutgers, take that. Absolutely. Don't go anywhere. Kyle Charter is going to join us next. we got plenty more Hammer Down Show next on 1017 The Hammer. Welcome back. It is Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. To the Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline we go. And we bring in uh, my buddy here, Kyle Charter's. Uh, he is, at this point of the season, uh, he is part of the baseball broadcast team that you can hear on the radio and currently down in uh, Sugarland, Texas, as uh, Purdue gets set to kick off their season this weekend. Kyle, it's uh, great to have you on. Uh, good to have baseball back. The season kind of crept up on us, but, uh, you know, with the warm weather in February, it, I, I don't want to say it doesn't feel right because it does, but... Uh, it is already here. Four games against Stony Brook this weekend down on Constellation Field. And, yep. uh, you know, um, this wasn't the best season for them last year. I, I know we talked about getting this thing going, coming out of COVID. It was tough. And, and you know, the coaching change and stuff at that point. 
But now it feels like the rubber kind of needs to meet the road. I, am I, I don't want to say hot seat, but it feels this thing's got to get going. Otherwise, I, I feel like a reset might be on the horizon. Talk to me a little bit about this squad and what your expectations are just right out of the gate. Well, I know that Greg Goff is pretty excited about this crew. Um, and you're right, Purdue needs to bounce back uh, from last season. I think that this team is positioned to, to be able to do that. It seems like Purdue has... Uh, more depth than what it has had uh, in the past, particularly, I think, on the pitching mound. Uh, we'll see with the lineup, but it's got some good pieces returning from last year and added some critical pieces out of the transfer portal uh, as well. Uh, you know, last year was a difficult year. There are probably some reasons for that. Injuries had a little bit to do with it, just some bad luck, I think, uh, as well. Uh, but it seems like uh, Purdue's headed in the right direction this year. Always a lot of optimism uh, the day before, I think, the season opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but the schedule, I think, is is good in that it gives uh, Purdue some games uh, that it can feel like it can get uh, you know its legs under them all, a little bit, but also is a challenging schedule and probably uh, in some ways more challenging than what it has been uh, even in the past. And so I think that's a good thing for Purdue, probably a good thing for Purdue that it's trying to play a few more home games this year, and we'll be home a little bit earlier. Uh, they're going to play, at least try to, a, a series that first weekend in, in March. Now, if the weather stays unseasonably warm in West Lafayette, then that'll be fine. Heck, we could probably play baseball at home this weekend if we really wanted to. Uh, oddly, it is unseasonably warm, or at least has been uh, up north. It is uh, unseasonably cool here in the Houston area, uh, which will be a little bit... Uh, I guess unfortunate. It's not going to be that bad. It's going to be in the fifties, but um, but we'll play baseball this weekend against a, what's you know a pretty good Stony Brook program. Uh, you know, one that has gone to the College World Series before, so it should be a good weekend for baseball here in Houston. Kyle talks a little bit about that uh, non-conference, or a little bit about the schedule. You bring up Stony Brook; they'll turn around and uh, take uh, take on George Mason out in North Carolina. But then you go down this Keith Leclerc Classic and. Southern Louisiana, yeah. sure, Eastern Carolina, but then, boy, here's a name, uh, Cal State Fullerton. I mean, that's yeah. that that's a baseball factory over there. It's traditionally been a very good one. Notre Dame on the schedule as well, because who doesn't want to go at the beginning of March up to South Bend and uh, play baseball? <laughs> uh, yeah. That's uh, you know That stands out there as well. And then, you know, before you know it, uh, you're getting the Big Ten going here, the classic stuff like Indiana State showing up here, and then, of course, uh, you know, a, a series against Indiana, which actually – Feels like it's been forever since that three games has been played at Alexander Field. And every time it does get yeah. scheduled, it seems like the weather uh, plays <laughs> too much of a factor uh, in that one there. In terms of the Big Ten, uh, where do you think this team is slotted in at? Uh, you and your brother have done that great job with the baseball podcast in the past. You're very well versed in what these programs do. But you know, where do you expect to have Purdue? Where do you set the bar at? Man, that's such a difficult question to answer these days because of the transfer portal. Um, you know, it has made it difficult in pretty much every sport in baseball, uh, being among those because there is so much movement, uh, of players. I, I would have to think that Purdue is, you know, in sort of that can be in sort of that second wave of, of, of teams. I, I, I never want to exclude a team at this point in the season of, of winning a Big Ten championship, but I think if you're, you know, going to reasonably sort of outline where teams should be based on where they've been in the recent past. Um, then you, you, you know, you, you hope that you can put Purdue sort of in that, 
that second group, maybe somewhere competing in the five to eight area, get yourself back in the Big Ten tournament. I think that's got to be, you know, sort of uh, goal number one after Purdue just missed out on that last year. Strangely, in the history of the eighteen Big Ten tournament, I think if in most, if not all, Purdue's record last year would have qualified them. It just so happened that it was a it was a sort of bizarre year from a from a records point of view uh, in the conference last year, but. You know, without breaking down every single team and, and sort of slotting them, I, I would say that if you're Purdue, uh, you've got to sort of expect that that's where you would be right now uh, with the hope that uh, once the Big Ten season comes around, you could move yourself up a little bit from that. Talking with Kyle Charters here on the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, uh, part of the radio crew that takes care of Purdue baseball. Kyle, if there was uh, a clear-cut strength of this team, uh, where would you put that at? Well, I think you got to put it at the the two leadoff guys, Mike Bolton Jr. and uh, Cooper Cornbloom. Those two guys at the the top of the line. I think they combined last year for 54 steals. You know, they get on the base a lot. Uh, they score a lot of runs. Um, I, I think that that's where offensively, at least, Purdue has got to be really good, and then find run producers uh, behind them. I think Purdue's got some options there. Connor Cascanet, who really came on toward the end of last season is the everyday catcher. Uh, Breck Nowick, who uh, transfers in from Illinois, Chicago, he's going to miss the start of the season uh, due to an injury, but should be back by, as far as I know, should be back in a few weeks, maybe uh, worse the start of the Big Ten season. He's going to be a guy to, to put in the middle of the lineup. Uh, Purdue's got some other new faces in the outfield that that should be able to produce some runs. But I think, you know, you got to look at those two returning guys uh, and Bolton and Cornbloom at the top. And then I, I think that Purdue's hope on the mound is that it's, that it's deeper than it has been. Um, that, that really became the problem last year. Purdue had the benefit of having the same three starters uh, all weekend uh, for uh, every Big Ten series, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which you don't see all that often. Um, so that was a plus for Purdue's pitching staff. The problem was they had some injuries, and that the back end of the staff, man, just uh, just really felt the brunt of that. And you know, you had to rely on a couple of guys probably more often than what you really want to do. Mm-hmm. And so by the end of the season, some guys were getting worn down a little bit. And I just think that you've added uh, some good pieces. Jordan Morales, who will be the starter tomorrow transfers in from Penn State. He comes over with Josh Newman, the new pitching coach from the Nittany Lions. Um, you know, Luke Wagner is a transfer in from Georgia. Um, you've got some other freshmen uh, who are going to play some pretty big roles uh, out of uh, the bullpen, I think. Um, and I think you'll see them in some big spots and big spots this weekend, potentially. So I just think that uh, those two things in particular, you got to really hang your hat on if you're Purdue. Kyle Charters with us here on the Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline talking about Purdue baseball kicking off their season this weekend with four games uh, against Stony Brook. They're down in Sugarland, Texas, just south of uh, Houston. Kyle, we talked about the strengths of this team, but uh, is w- w- what's the weak spot here? Where is the uh, little crack in the armor, so to speak? If Purdue's going to lose a game, what do- what does them in? Well, uh, I-, I think that I don't want to call it a weakness. I, I want to call it more of an unknown I think that you you want to be good up the middle. Uh, you're replacing your two middle infielders, um, and so I think that's a key spot, right? Especially in a with a pitching staff that that most likely is 
going to induce a lot of contact. I think that's what Purdue wants to be able to do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not going to be a high strikeout team, I don't think. But, you know, you're going to induce a lot of contact, hopefully soft contact. And so uh, you want to be good uh, up the middle. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that Purdue can be, but it's that's, that's probably – like if you're gonna if you're gonna name off a, a big unknown, I think that that is probably it. You just want to be really solid there. Kyle Charters uh, on the Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. You hear him. Uh, we usually talk football together, and uh, that'll be uh, coming around soon here. But uh, he is part of that baseball crew, so uh, make sure you check them out. Again, we had the folks on from Purdue Sports earlier this week. I think it was like fifty bucks for thirty uh, for thirty season or not for thirty season tickets or season per season ticket. That's thirty games. Yeah. General admission is a heck of a deal, and uh, really, you can't put a price on not having to listen to Kyle to enjoy the game. Uh, but that's really a price that we've put on there. So uh, make sure you check those out. If you go to PurdueSports.com, uh, it's uh, got. I don't think the, the games this weekend aren't on any kind of TV, are they? I don't think they got no, any web stream now. Yeah. You're just listening to me, brother. Oh, geez, Pete, how much do I have to pay? No, that's a plane <laughs> ticket and everything, too. So make sure, look, uh, Kyle does a great job, no joke. Um, so make sure you pick up some tickets, get out there, support the boys, and uh, we'll be watching all this week and be listening as well, Kyle. Uh, best of luck on those broadcasts. What season? This is like, what, 15 years, something like that for you? You've been doing this a while. 20? 20 years. Good Lord! Like and they, they haven't found a better option yet. That's that, that amazes all me. It means, all it means, Jared, <laughs> is I'm getting older. Yes, that's exactly what that means. <laughs> when we add years on, that's what you you're technically older than when we started this uh, interview too. So you continue <laughs> to do that. Kyle Charter's a real wordsmith. Uh, we'll listen to you all this weekend, buddy. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Kyle Charters. It's the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com with Jared Jessalitis as we get set to uh, watch Purdue tonight. 8.30 with a tip-off. We are the second game of the doubleheader on BTN tonight as Purdue takes on a Minnesota team that, I mean, there's no, no other way to say it, has exceeded expectations in the Big Ten this season. They said it's six and six, fifteen and eight overall. Are they going to make the tournament? Eh, probably not. But is this a team that could get themselves into the NIT? That is the big question. And if they're able to do that, uh, you—that's you, that's something. I mean, that would be wildly exceeding expectations, would it not? For Minnesota, how many games they win last year alone in the Big Ten? They weren't great. But a couple transfers, hey, not too bad here. Uh, they come in at 88th in the net, so they're certainly within striking distance there of the NIT. 1-4 and four in quad 1, 5-3 and three in quad 2. They do have a 0-1 record in quad three, just barely above Rutgers right now. And they went on, they went on themselves a little bit of a run here. Wins against Penn State, Northwestern, Michigan State should have probably won out at Iowa. Dawson Garcia goes down with a groin injury. It sounds like he's going to play. It's not a given. But it sounds like he's going to play. 
I mean, they started the new year with just three losses. Missouri at home, they should have won that. That's their quad three loss. Should have won that game, had that game. Lost to a uh, San Francisco team at 66 in the net. And they lost to Ohio State at Ohio State. But some good wins here. You know, home against Nebraska. Went out to Michigan and won. Uh, home against Maryland at the beginning of January. But then they hit like a four-game slide with losses at Indiana, Michigan State, at home against Iowa, at home against Wisconsin. Can't fault them for the Wisconsin one. None of those games were particularly close either. Batting down the hatches, put up three straight wins on the road at Penn State, which I thought was a very good win for them. Um, then at home against Northwestern, that is a very good win for you. Um, and then at home against Michigan State, you got a little bit of a a measure of redemption there. It was a three-point win. You were a three-point dog at home. Five-point loss to Iowa last time out. So if they want to get there, down the stretch, they've got Purdue. They've got home trips here against Rutgers and Ohio State. Road trip out to Nebraska, then Illinois. Back at home against Penn State and Indiana, and then out at Northwestern. NIT is within their reach, I would say. How are they doing that? Well, let's see what they do really well. They're not bad offensively here. 76 points a game. That's fifth in the Big Ten. They allow 68.6 points per game. Again, fifth in the Big Ten. They're not a bad shooting team. 47.5%. Dawson Garcia is the guy that... Um, can step out and do some things here. He's very, very important to them tonight. Three-point shooting's okay. They're sixth in the Big Ten. Defensively, in defending that, they're eighth. But they are second in turnovers in the Big Ten. They average uh, 12.3 per game. That's just under Michigan's 12.6. And they don't particularly... Uh, force a ton of them either. They're in the negative, in the margin. I mean, it's they're, they're, there's nothing glaring that you're like, oh, hey, I mean, they're just kind of middle of the pack in everything that they do. You know, rebounding. You know, not being out-rebounded. Offensive rebounds, they kind of hang around like fifth to eighth. Nothing really stands out. And there's nothing where you're like, wow, that's a major Achilles heel. It's it's literally the definition of mid, as the kids say. Is what they are. They're, they are an NIT team. So when we talk about Purdue preparing for them, what do we talk about here? As we do at the top of every prediction. Turnovers, 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 turnovers. If Purdue is to lose, it's usually because of two things happening. One, outstanding guards going off on huge heaters, and losing a turnover battle badly. Like 16, 18 turnovers, deadly. This is not a team that forces uh, a ton of them. They do okay. Again, perfectly average. Next thing up is, do you contain Dawson Garcia enough? No, 
averaging 17 and a half points. He is their standout guy, along with Elijah Hawkins, who can get him the ball. Leads the Big Ten, and he's like top three in the country or something in uh, assists per game, isn't he? I just, again, it usually comes down to what the front court looks like, and if you've got enough bodies to throw at Zach Eady, they do not. They just don't. I like Purdue in this one. I like Purdue to go ahead and cover your 16 points that you need. People said, oh, last week, remember, before the IU game. Oh, 17's a lot. Purdue's going to win. Purdue's going to roll them, but 17's a lot. Covered it. I feel like they can do that uh, here again. I know there's a lot of talk about Cam Christie, too. Tremendous freshman. Has not been in this kind of environment that Mackey Arena is going to provide. I just like the boys tonight. You do. Two-game lead right now in the Big Ten over Illinois. Two-and-a-half over Wisconsin. You look at the remaining schedule for the Boilermakers. You got two more, three more home games after this. Rutgers, Michigan State, Wisconsin. And three more road trips at Ohio State, at Michigan, and at Illinois. Michigan looks horrendous. Ohio State just let go of their coach. Rutgers at home is a little bit scary, I think, because they're playing a little bit better right now with Williams back. But it's still Rutgers away from Piscataway. You feel better about that. Michigan State has flashes. They've got talent. What you got? Seven games left going into tonight. You take care of your home games. You win on the road at Michigan. You win on the road at Ohio State. You're good to go. You're good to go. I'm good to go tonight. Kick back and enjoy the action. Thanks to Xfinity. That's right. I got my internet with Xfinity. I get the speed I need at a great price. All my apps are in one place, so the kids want to watch uh, something like Disney+. Plus. My daughter loves stuff on YouTube on the TV. She's constantly doing that. She uses the, uh, the remote, boom, talks right into it, gets what she wants, pops right up, nice and easy. All the devices are connected as well. And I got the speed to handle all of that stuff. Got guests over. Got the speed to handle all of it. Makes life so much easier. And I get cool little bonuses too, right? With my Xfinity internet. Like staying connected with over 20 million secure Xfinity Wi-Fi hotspots nationwide. Bring it right up there on the map. Boom, I can see where they're at. So easy. I don't have time to worry about all that other stuff. Xfinity makes my life so much easier. It should make your life easier. Get started. Call 1-800-XFINITY. Visit Xfinity.com or drop into an Xfinity store today for more details. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed based on Xfinity's fastest available download speeds. I love it. Makes, uh, again, so easy to use. Remember the old days? You had uh, grandma come over, what her grandpa come over and, and watch, and you had to explain how to use, mom and dad had to explain how to use the controller and all that stuff. <laughs> Those days are done. So much easier. Give them a holler. We're going to take a break. I'm going to come right back. We're going to uh, wrap up the Hammer Down Show next. Things we may have missed and more on the way here on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer. 101. <laughs> 
Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Don't forget, you can always go back and take a listen to us here on uh, Spotify. We're on uh, Apple and Google Podcasts as well. Go back and listen to interviews if you missed Kyle from earlier. Of course, we get those posted on our Facebook and Twitter as well. Time for some of the things we may have missed. Shout out to Bo Jackson. Bo knows what to do with a game. And if you roll up to an Auburn game and see Auburn legend Bo Jackson as the game is starting, know he is not going to take a picture with you, and rightfully so. And I'm glad he told this fan off. Look, I get it. You meet somebody like that every once in a while. Let's go. But now there is uh, footage of this. Uh, it looks like a kid coming up. Hey, I gotta get. I gotta get a photo. And he's like, "Dude, no. The game is going on. Forget your photo." Good. I think sometimes people forget these. These are regular people too. You know, Bo came to cheer on. Auburn, just like you, not show up to take a whole bunch of photos with you. Good for Bo. Like, they were taking on South Carolina, too. What are you doing? What's wrong with you? Not at the start of the game. Like, literally the worst time that you could do that. The game's going on, and you're up here like, hey. Can I get a picture? No. Bo, don't play that. Good for Bo. I'm glad nobody is telling him he behaved poorly. Everybody's now excited. We got the official teaser trailer for College Football 25. Go to 38 Second Mark. Shout out. There is Purdue Pete. You'll love to see it. Now, EA Sports uh, tells us that we will get uh, more details forthcoming, but it is coming this summer. It's been 11 seasons since we've had an NCAA football game, and I, for one, am excited. I always liked NCAA football better than Madden. I never really gravitated. I never liked Madden that much. And they used to do a thing where you could get your college football game in, like, July, and then when Madden came out in, like, September or whatever, you could trade it. Eh, no. I did that once. Never do that again. Sitting on college football. Love college football. I'm glad it's going to be back. And the teaser trailer was a nice little appetizer there. And shout out, like I said, to Purdue Pete. Um, we may have missed that Zach Eady and Braden Smith have both been named to the Nathmus Trophy midseason team. Braden is one of three sophomores or younger to uh, join that list. 30 players make that list. Four of them were Big Ten players. The other two were Boo Booey and Tyson Walker from Michigan State. They have two on the list. Pretty darn good. Congratulations to Braden. I know the Koozie Award done messed up. It's good to see you get some flowers here with the Naismith people. Good for them. And finally, Charlie Weiss has uh, lashed out. There's audio that has surfaced. Of him getting mad at Tony Romo. Just shut up. Quote, just shut up. I would rather go to the bathroom and throw up. He said on Sirius XM radio. Really? Really? Here's the thing. Your stance on Tony Romo aside, you're allowed to like him, you're allowed to hate him. However you feel, that's you. I'm not going to, not dying on the hill of Tony Romo. But I personally think there's much worse out there. That's just me. The thing that takes me by surprise here is this is Charlie Weiss. 
And Charlie Weiss has been in football for how many seasons? That's the best you can do on Sirius XM radio, where you can say anything you want. I'd rather go to the bathroom and throw up. That's the best insult you can come up with? Buddy, you have been around NFL locker rooms and all those foul balls, and that's the best you can come up I'm disappointed in Charlie Weiss. If I was Tony Romo, I'd be like, I'm just disappointed you couldn't do better than that. It's sad, really. Some things I don't, uh, will not miss from the NFL season. People complaining about Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. People complaining about people complaining about Taylor Swift. People complaining about Tony Romo. That'll do it for us here on the Hammer Down Show. Best of luck to Boilers tonight. We're back tomorrow, three o'clock, right here.